Garage Logic, broadcasting live from the office of the mayor above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake. Featuring the rookie on production, Chris Reavers, vice president of social media, and John Hyde in the newsroom. Now, the fireworks commissioner, flashlight king, wow. and the keeper of, of common Shippen. sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Commencing Garage Logic segment number one. Where's the next animal? Where's the jugglers? No, 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 no. We're Where's back. The fiddle, where no, are the no, fiddle no, no, people? No. What? We're uh, no performers today. No performers. The stage curtain has closed. I noticed a trend this state fair. What? Well, boy. A lot of eating that happens every year. <laughs> Got. I noticed a trend. Both newspapers. I I bet. If you go back and look at each day's Pioneer Press or Star Tribune during the fair, either one or both of them daily had a picture of a kid sleeping on a cow. <laughs> yes. Oh, down in the... Uh, the sleeping like the right on the cow. Pond. Right on the cow. And we, we're very intrigued that these farmhands apparently get right in there and sleep on the back of a, a cow. Yeah. Because they're they 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 eat sleep and drink the fair. That's where they are for and, twelve days. Uh, yesterday, it wasn't enough for the Star Tribune to have the picture of somebody sleeping with the cow. Yeah, they printed a picture of a guy who was sleeping with the cow in 1958. <laughs> <laughs> Carrying on a fine change. family tradition. Uh, it was on the cover of the September. Carl uh, uh, Carrot of Austin was a model for the cover of the September 1958 issue of Country Gentleman magazine. When he visited the fair, Minneapolis star photographer Bonham Cross attempted to duplicate the cover. So back in 58, they re, they, they they got a they got here's a 60 how what's how old how long ago is 1958? Oh, uh 60 years, almost 60, 59 years. Well they they recreated it right there. Huh. They also, you're, there's no um, shortage of food information uh, from both newspapers regarding the Minnesota State. What Fold. I don't get about the sleeping pictures is every time I've looked at one, I've thought that is posed because there's no way you can sleep at the state fair. It's just too noisy. It's nonstop. There's too much yes. commotion. There's people walking through. There's, I, I, I don't believe any of them. I think, it's, I think what we're supposed to uh, appreciate or understand is how exhausting it is for a, a teenager to be working the livestock at the fair. So therefore, they just conk out, and when they conk out, they might happen to be leaning up against a giant pig. Got it. Got it. And then we get their then they get their picture taken. Mm-hmm. What is it? Seventy five degrees? Yes, sir. And it feels like ninety. Oh, it I is, think it's terribly it's humid. Thick out. Yeah. Another reason I hate social media. If you follow yeah, the story, you might not want to hate it as much as you used to. You <laughs> might want to, you might, you might want to rethink that in the next. But okay, but okay, yes. okay, 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 okay. Yeah. A fault I find with it. Okay. Uh, have you followed the story of this fellow who apparently was a regular on the Cosby Show? 
Yes. Yes. And he's he was uh, photographed working at a Trader Trader Joe's bagging groceries. Bagging right. groceries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh that's that would be called job shaming. Who not in my estimation, but whoever took the picture and then gets it out there on her Chattagram account or Instant Mush or whatever the hell it is. Yeah. Yeah. He's just ripping one. the hell out of this guy. And he said exactly the same, the, the right things. Uh, Jeffrey Owens said uh, today, apparently, on uh, ABC's Good Morning America, that he did feel some people were trying to job shame him, but he stressed that every job is worthwhile and valuable. Well, good for him. Okay. Owens played Elvin Thibodeau the husband of the eldest daughter of Bill Cosby's character on the TV show. I must admit, I do not remember that. I, I, I don't remember. I can't character. remember her name. The photo showed him at a, uh, at a register scanning items at a New Jersey Trader Joe's complete with a Jeffrey name tag. He no longer works there. The woman who submitted the photo seemed stunned to see someone from such a popular show doing that type of work. Well, isn't she an elitist? Yeah. But several actors pointed out that they all have to make a living between gigs. And this guy was very cool and collected and said, yeah, there's no bad jobs. Right. There's, that's, this is just. Can cool. I show you how cynical I am? Yeah. You think that was staged? I do. Oh, because I guarantee he will get more acting work out of this than he otherwise would have. I'm, I, uh, I, I hope it's not. And you're right. He did have the perfect response to this, to the criticism he received. I can't embrace that level of cynicism. Okay. Yeah. But uh, he will. He will get work as a result of this. I guarantee he will. I am thrilled to know that the FBI has found Dorothy's shoes. What? The ruby red slippers. Yeah, the red slippers that were... Uh, they were gone for how long? On the Ten take. years? The FBI cracked the case. Uh, today, apparently, they uh, are expected to reveal how and where they found one of only four remaining pairs of the ruby slippers worn by Judy Garland, who was from Grand Rapids. Craigslist, I bet. Uh, the pair of shoes have been missing since '05, uh, when it was stolen from the Judy Garland Museum in her hometown of Grand Rapids. The slippers were insured for a million dollars. Uh, I felt like I had been punched in the stomach. My knees literally bucked from under me. Morgan White, director of the documentary, The Slippers, said, but we, don't really have, we don't really have the FBI on this. There was a documentary about a pair of shoes. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't see it. Oh, just a minute. Just hmm. a minute. Somebody thinks it's next week? A uh, text from a longtime listener. I saw it this morning. It was a publicity stunt. The guy is sharp. He will get work. Maybe he's corroborating... Uh, Reavers. Reavers. Mm-hmm. Reavers, very pessimistic view of the world. Well, unfortunately, it, it, there's been so many examples of that very thing happening. Back to the shoes. Yeah. Uh, the theft garnered interest, leading to a million-dollar reward offered by a Wizard of Oz fan in Arizona, as well as an underwater search by the Itasca County Sheriff's dive team in 2015. you got to be kidding me. I had no idea. Well, uh, they're important slippers, but I don't think they just... Strictly represent America. Police working with members of the FBI were able to recover the missing slippers in Minneapolis this summer. Uh, The exact details of the investigation have not been released. The FBI, along with Grand Rapids police, are expected to reveal more about the discovery this afternoon. Just think, our very own newsman might have uh, the -the up-to-the-minute explanation from the Federal Bureau of Investigation. I'm sure he will. He's got a hotline, a direct line. line one, Reavers? Line one? Yeah. Line one is Jim. Jim? 
Joe, how you doing? Fine. Great. I uh, started listening a long time ago, back when you were a uh, substitute for uh, the late, great Barbara Carlson, mm-hmm. and uh, I was not going to be able to hear the show the rest of the week after today, and I just wanted to call and thank you for all the years. It's been a good ride. Well, thank you. I hope you join us next week on the podcast. I will, but it won't be the same. I do like listening to the AM radio, and uh, but it won't be the same, but I, I still will plan on tuning in. All right, thank you. Joe? Yes. Good luck. Joe. Good luck. Good luck. And you know what we mean when we say good luck. From what? We- yeah. Commencing Garage Logic segment number two. Last week I set aside material that I thought might still be timely this week because at the fair. We don't uh, break down the mystery or the failed academy or man losing sight of nature and, and what have you. The fair is a completely different animal for us. It's the fair within the fair. Did yes. you get a haircut finally? I did. I got one on uh, on Saturday. Good low cut. <laughs> was it a home-cooked uh, one? Uh, no, this was by Libby at uh, Sports Clips in Highland. Why are you giving her a plug? Does she buy time on this show? Uh, is no, she your but regular she, I, barber? Uh, <laughs> no. She's, yeah, she's uh, she does a good job there. I've... Paid full price. So that's why. Well, among the stories, this did even get a mention at the fair, but I want to break wait it a minute, down. Wait a minute. You, you remember her name? Yeah. Well, yeah, she was. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Floyd. You remember Floyd, right? Yeah. I want to break the uh, down. This got some mention at the uh, fair, but I want to break it down uh, uh, further. Uh, the mayor of St. Paul, Melvin Carter, uh, waving a magic wand and making two and a half million dollars in late fee fines going away. Yeah, I saw that. Okay, it, it's B as in B, S as in S. Here's what I'm puzzled by. He 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 wants to forgive two and a half million in what he calls customer debt to the library system, and that would unlock fifty one thousand blocked library accounts. Uh, because he sold this sob story about these kids now can't take themselves around yeah, the world I mean, via their imagination. Right. Hey, B as in B, S as in S. That's two and a half million dollars worth of stuff that was stolen. And I can tell you how I come to that conclusion okay. in, a, in a moment. But here, he wants to forgive that debt, okay? And But he wants the taxpayers to kick in an additional $215,000 next year to the library fund. Uh, that would uh, that would account for the two hundred and fifteen grand a year that was coming in from honest people who paid their late fees. You follow me? Right. Yes. So, so which ba- is it? He's basically saying no more late fees ever. No more late fees ever. Wow. But but to account for the fact that there were enough honest people who produced damn near a quarter of a million dollars a year in paying their late fees. He wants the taxpayers to now add two hundred and fifteen grand a year to the library budget. Well, which is it? Fees or no fees? Right. If you're waiving the fees, why do you need the two hundred and fifteen grand? Right. Right. If you waive them, you waive them. You lost that that revenue. What a bunch of B as in B, S as in S. Plus, it's another example of not expecting discipline precisely from the people who need to have discipline expected of them. Yeah, you got the Little Red Riding Hood book. You got to have it there Tuesday at, uh, at at close of business. Here's why I say that's that's in many cases, not all. In many cases, there was never any intention to bring back anything. I got a buddy who's in the property management business. Okay. 
And he'll more than routinely get into uh, situations where he has to clean out an apartment uh, and and prepare it for the next uh, customer. Yes. He routinely finds busted up CD cases from the St. Paul Public Library. Hmm. The CDs, long gone. Hmm. They're in somebody's car. They're at somebody's buddy's house. Those were never intended to be brought back. They were ripped off. Well, yeah, you, you... That's a good point uh, for the future, is that it's not just books. It is CDs. There's or, not a book in any library anymore. I don't think they have books. They got a couple of references. I don't even books. think they have a book. I think they have a computer uh, and a, a video game. A, com- a computer and a printer. Yeah, and a printer. I don't think they have any books. Look it up, print it out. But is this is to be quiet? Are people still quiet in libraries? Yeah, what's going to prevent the future theft of library material? Nothing in St. Paul. This, uh, this obviously didn't stem it. Uh, the threat of a late fee hardly bothers some kid who doesn't intend to return a CD. The cops aren't going to come and get you for a for a, uh, a tardy CD. The kid just now owns the CD. I don't even understand his motivation at all. I do. How does he not, being the new mayor and being so busy, how does this not cross his desk and he goes, huh, who cares about that? Give me something to chew on. Right. Give me give me a real issue. Right. Because to him, the real issue is creating a, a, an equity among all the citizens in St. Paul, no matter how artificially he has to create it. And so he looks at this as a group that's been victimized oh boy. By, a, by fines hanging over their head. And he believes they are being deprived of, of, of educational experiences and that he uh, intends to do something about that. And... Uh, and, and the sob story that got told in the St. Paul paper are just incredible. Uh, Daud Mohammed, who sits on the Friends of the St. Paul Public Library Board of Trustees, recalled growing up in the Summit University neighborhood alongside many young Somali refugees, some of my friends wouldn't go into the library because they owed money and they felt uncomfortable. Libraries have always been the unofficial term for opportunity. My mother learned how to speak English there. Okay, great. Just bring your damn book back in time. That's all you got to do, and you can renew it if you well, want why to. Are we, why are we going to allow these extracurricular circumstances of your ethnicity or your income level or whatever? What, what does that have to do with the contract you have just reached with a library? You're taking this, uh, you're taking this Buffalo Springfield CD. you got to have it back here September 12th. Does anybody here know what a late fee on a book is? No. What's the actual price? No. I think no. you really have to have it for a long time to get up there. It might be two dollars and fifties. It's not two hundred. So if I'm a week late, I'm paying what a buck or two? Yeah, Seventy five cents a buck, maybe. That's, give me a break. That's nothing. Why would you feel shame on going in if you owed somebody seventy five cents? Well, there, I wouldn't. You just scrape you, it. You up. don't. You oh, don't. You is... you only do if you sign a political meaning to that. Yeah. And which he has done. He's assigning a political uh, a victimization card there. There was somebody else here that said they had to choose between the late fee and dinner. I'm not buying no, it. I'm no, not buying no. it. No. I'm not you buying it. It's not. B as in B, S as in S. Plus it's, it's an avoidable fee. If you need to have it there by Tuesday at 7, mm-hmm. get it in the Tuesday at 7 and renew it. What if your mom's in the hospital? You and you can't, can't have dinner? You can't get there until Thursday. What's that going to cost you? 25 cents? On the 8th? Nothing. They uh, might even just say, we're good. That's when the librarian can say, you know, we're going to waive the fee or day late. absolutely absurd. No wonder people are fleeing St. Paul Well, but, but again, the absurdity of it is his failure to acknowledge that in many cases, 
whatever hasn't been returned was never intended to be returned. Exactly. They came in and take my guy in the property management business. He finds the empty CD cases, St. Paul Public Library. The CD's long gone. They're not going back there. Tom. Hey, Joe. Hi. You know what I always find interesting about stories like this is it's folks like you and I that are invariably labeled as hate mongers for various views. But it seems to me that Melvin and his ilk are, in essence, almost racist themselves for thinking so little of the inner city that you can't even be expected to get a library book back on time. This is the point I've been making for the last year, and I based it initially on the new forms of discipline in the schools, which essentially is an absence of discipline because kids who act out are being told that they are acting out as a result of systemic racism or patriarchy or whatever. That, to me, is tantamount to saying to a a, a child of ethnicity, you are less than. We expect less from you. It's the same thing he's doing here. You're absolutely right. Joe, I I think we're seeing around us what happens when you normalize everything. Then everything becomes normal. And when we don't have any common values left anymore in this community or in this country, I just don't see where we go from here. When I look at a black kid, I see a kid who should be uh, entirely capable of getting his library book back in time. I think so, and I would guess that there's any number of adults in his life somewhere, even if it's a teacher or a guidance counselor, who could front the kids 30 cents to pay the fine. Uh, Well, another good point uh, an emailer reminded me of. Don't libraries routinely have uh, free days when you can bring stuff back and not get penalized? I would imagine that they do, but but Joe, we couldn't possibly ask them to show up on that day. Well, Tom, this was not stuff that was ever going to be returned in the first place. I'm thinking so. Hey, Joe, real quick. Yeah. Just in case I don't get an opportunity to call this week, uh, it's been a great quarter century. Looking forward to the podcast. Best of luck to everyone on staff. Thank you. Thank you. Do I have time to take the the next caller? Why not? Well, who is it? (laughs) Who is it, Matt? Mike. Mike. Hi, Joe. Hi. Say, is that not a parallelism to immigration issues that are going on where you have uh, people that come into the country, abide by the rules, then you have those who don't, and then they have the emotions of taking the kids away from their parents, kind of the same thing? Uh, Vaguely, vaguely. It's in the same ballpark. All right. I was just kind of curious. And I also wanted to thank you for the 25 years. Are we going to be able to call in on the podcast or no? Reavers? Not, not, not right. or no, I would say, or no. not right away, but it, we're okay. working on that. Cause we want to hear from people. Yes. That's in, what's fun about the show. Right. So, all right. Well, thank, anyway, good luck. Thank you. Good luck. We'll be back with the uh, John Height news experience. Gotjunk.com. Commencing garage logic segment number three. Offsite correspondent Kelsey, who uh, indicated to me last week at the fair that he uh, intends to remain in that position, by the way, he said he thinks he knows who stole 
uh, who has been in possession of Dorothy's ruby slippers all these years, he Ooh. sent a picture of Marjorie Johnson uh, appearing at the Osseo Lions Club, and sure enough, she got the red heels on. <laughs> really? <laughs> Here's John Height. Thanks, Joe. Cloudy uh, rain in the area, 75 degrees. This update brought to you by the Duluth Trading Company. Visit Duluth Trading Company stores in Fridley, Bloomington, Woodbury, in downtown Duluth. Twins Astros tonight in Houston. The Twins will go with that uh, thing where you start a relief pitcher. He only goes in Yeah, that worked out real well. Yeah, they're going to try it again. <laughs> tonight, Trevor May will start for the Twins, and he will only pitch an inning or two, depending on his number of pitches. And then they'll bring somebody else in who hopefully will go a little longer. Uh, while the Twins are going that route, the Astros are just throwing Justin Verlander up yeah. against the Twins tonight. One guy should do it for them. The Twins are recalling right-handed pitchers Chris DeYoung and John Curtis from Rochester. They also selected the contract of veteran infielder Gregorio Petit. They did announce over the weekend Byron Buxton will not be one of their September call-ups. What, are they afraid of harming him uh, emotionally no. if he doesn't It's succeed? a service time issue. They Do you get, want me to bore you with it no. or no? They okay. get an extra year of control, basically, oh, by not right. bringing him up. So. Right. So, so, speaking of loyal listener Terry, by the way, yeah. he gave me a very cool... He's not loyal listener Terry. I'm sorry. Uh, Chief, uh, Chief off-site, off-site correspondent, correspondent uh, Terry gave me a very cool uh, Shell's beer nightlight really they put in the garage it's really cool hmm. nancy can... miller just sent me a whole bag of wheat pennies how do you like that oh, really yeah. wow. you need that nightlight so you can stumble back into the house so i could being... see my way okay good. joe mauer has been named the twins nominee for the roberto clemente award that award is the annual recognition for players from each mlb club who best represent the game of baseball through character community involvement philanthropy and positive contributions uh, now he is a nominee of course to win the award which will be announced later this month. News notes from today, a 55-year-old IT employee has been charged with interfering with privacy after authorities say an internal investigation showed he put cameras in the restrooms at the Eden Prairie business he worked at. Court records say Tony Ray Nixon of Rosemount is scheduled to make his first appearance September 18th. According to the criminal complaint, Eden Prairie police met with management at Activision on August 24th after an employee there reported he had received an email from Human Resources stating an unauthorized recording device had been installed in the unisex bathroom. Which, uh, what was the angle, John? Was it the Chuck Berry angle? I'm not sure, Kenny. Management informed the detective. I'm not, I'm not sure I know what the Chuck Berry you're, angle is. Uh, you're lucky. Uh, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, but, you know, I think I prefer think, not to know. Yeah, yeah it's, okay. it's the doctor's view. Okay. Management informed Why? the... <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm not sure I'm doctors know, know what the doctors yeah, you know, or, or, or a dear loved one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's willing to take that You can't beat the intimacy of a public restroom, can right. you? Yeah. Sure. Management informed the detective an employee had found two cameras installed under the sinks in the unisex oh, bathrooms okay. there. That's the there Chuck Berry view. Well, <laughs> better than in the toilet. That's true. Why is it called the Chuck They Berry? were removed and sent for analysis. Uh, we'll tell you during the break, Chris. Upon inspection, <laughs> the complaint says the detective... I thought learned... it was the Marvin Berry. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck's lesser-known cousin. Wait a minute. Is that another reference to <laughs> yeah. Back to the Future? To the future? Yeah. There were a lot of references to that movie last week at the fair. There really were. The detective that should uh, maybe that, that add to gonna, the list. Yeah, yeah, add that to the list. Okay. No more. Mentions. All three. One. I mean, it's just from one or two. No, all three. Okay. Yeah. You know, this this just goes back to I think it's Royce's theory <laughs> is you don't leave the house until things have taken care of. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. As no. much as possible. Yeah. No. There's you, some you, emergency times, but yeah, yeah, you know, but still, even then, that's what the home bathroom is for. Upon inspection, the complaint says, <laughs> cost me a grand once to do that. <laughs> 
That's right. Yeah, oh, you that's right. Story. Remember, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Cost me a grand. You went in to use the restroom at a Catholic. Uh, was it a church or a Little Sisters of the Poor? Yes. Yes. And I felt so guilty that for I ruining sh- their plumbing. <laughs> they said to me, "You got a plunger." You might have to call Ryan Plumbing guy. No, no. Get him over there. Thought I could make it. Damn it. <laughs> I gave them a. I gave them a grand. And ironically, they were working on their sewer system. <laughs> ironically, uh, anyway. Stop! Stop! Mr. Nixon. Why did you choose a church? No, what? no. It's little. My, my, I had an uncle who lived there. I visited there frequently. And uh, hey, uh, and I, Fred, I, Uncle Fred, in room B. I'll be downstairs. No, hey, I saw one of the good for lunch. Of, okay, I can tell this. Yes. One of the good sisters at the front. I went in. I'm and I'm really, really got to go and. Uh, <laughs> I said, sister, you know, I I, I contribute once to, in a while, but is there anything cool. more I could do? Uh, you oh. know, like you need any, you know, boxes of peaches or something? Did dollar signs <laughs> show up in her eyeballs? And she said, let me go ask mother, meaning the head. Right. The head 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 head. Superior. To which I had instant relief because I darted to the can. I went right to the John. <laughs> and uh, when I came back. About 45 minutes later. No, I, when I came back, uh, she said, you know, Joe, uh, we do. We're looking for contributions because we're working on our plumbing system. So I said, count me in. I'm well, in. I'm as in. a seasoned veteran of your plumbing yep. system, yep. let me tell you I can help. Yep. And let me tell you, you do need a new plumbing <laughs> system. That thing's got to go. Because <laughs> if you didn't before, that thing, you do now. That thing really struggled under the stress. Oh. You, you, when you went in, were you kind of casual? Like yeah, maybe exactly. leaning in on the desk going, you know, sister, I'm just not in a hurry here. I'm, not, I'm just kind of hanging Hurry out up and I, leave so I, I can no run. <laughs> Beads of sweat oh, running down yeah. into your eyes. See the slow motion drip off his eyebrow into the pool of sweat on the counter. <laughs> Why don't you run along and ask Mother Where's Superior? I'll be. Along? I'm gonna t- take a look over I'll here. I'll be right back. Yeah. The uh, confirmation hearing. For Same t- story, huh? So it's who, not a different story now. How did you arrive at the figure? Did did they? I, I just. Uh, oh, he, I just. It, I knew right it out. It's, I just, it's the first thing that came to your mind. That's how much relief I felt. That today. must have been some memorable movement. Right. Oh. Was it George Brett style? Uh huh. The, uh, the confirmation hearing for Supreme Court nominee oh. Brett Kavanaugh quickly devolved. Into well, we've a, let the listeners into just about well, everything. Really pretty now, much. Right? Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, devolved into a political brawl today as Democrats loudly objected to the proceedings as rushed. One prominent Republican railed about what he called mob rule and dozens of protesters interrupted senators. Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Charles Grassley's opening remarks were delayed for nearly an hour uh, as Democratic senators sought to cut off the confirmation hearings for Kavanaugh, raising an uproar over the last-minute document dump sent to the Judiciary Committee late last night, encompassing more than 42,000 pages from the nominee's tenure in the George W. Bush White House. And protesters who were predominantly women repeatedly heckled senators and Kavanaugh as they argued that installing President Trump's second pick to the Supreme Court would end access to abortion and dismantle the Affordable Care Act. In comments, Democrats like Senator Richard Blumenthal said Kavanaugh was nominated by a man who has no concept of the rule of law. Chicago Mayor Rahm Emanuel says he will not seek a third term in 2019. He issued a statement today saying being mayor has been the job of a lifetime, but it's not a job for a lifetime. The Chicago Tribune reports he had already raised more than $10 million for another run at a four-year term. Japan is known for its abundance of uh, folks who were over 100 years old, and now they lay claim for having the world's oldest living married couple. They have a combined age of 208 
a feat the wife credits to her patience. What during, about his? During 80 years of marriage. Masao Matsumoto, 108, and his 100-year-old wife, Miyako, have been confirmed as the oldest living spouses by Guinness Records, having been married since October 1937. Miyako said with a laugh, I'm so glad. It's really just thanks to all of my patients. She said as she posed with her husband and other family members at their nursing home. John, uh, thank you. you uh, is Dave Dahl available? Yes. Here's Dave Dahl. Wait, let me dial him up post fair. We gotta get back. Joe? Hi. Hi. Good thing we're not at the fair today. It's a little wet. wet, Dave? It's a little wet. A little wet out there. We've got the uh, Pineapple Express kind of right through Minnesota and western Iowa, and that, that moisture is just streaming up our way. Dew points in the 70s across. Uh, much of southeastern Minnesota from the Twin Cities area southeastward. And all that moisture is uh, going to provide some locally heavy rainfall, I think, uh, late today and overnight tonight, and then taper off tomorrow morning early. 64 for the overnight low, 1 to 2 inches of rain, not out of the question for much of the metro, maybe as much as 3 to 4 just to our southeast. Uh, places like Red Wing down toward Winona could get in that 3 to 4 inch category. Um, but once that rain tapers off, it's going to be pretty nice. The rest of this week, partly cloudy skies. Low to mid-70s for highs, 73 tomorrow, and then mid-70s Thursday, Friday, and into the weekend. Isolated shower threat maybe late Saturday and again on Sunday, uh, but only isolated showers, not a washout either day of the weekend. And uh, temps start to heat up again next week. We're talking upper 70s, lower 80s for Monday and Tuesday of next week. Today, though, Joe, a lot of showers, a lot of thunderstorms out there through the evening hours. Right now we're at 75. Thank you. Uh, before we visit the failed academy, let's let's visit the positive academy. Uh, David Galertner wrote a great piece today for the Wall Street Journal. He's a professor of computer science at Yale. We've had him on the air before. Yes. He was a victim of the Unabomber. Remember that? I remember. And he wrote a letter to the incoming freshman at Yale. Uh, Welcome to Yale. Please disregard what you've been told so far and follow these instructions. Hmm. Number one, understand that you're here to learn how to be a good citizen of the United States. Many of you come from Japan or Ghana or France, and we're glad to have you. But Yale can't teach you how to be a good Japanese citizen. We don't know how. Nor can we teach you to be a global citizen or citizen of the world, because there is no such thing. The globe has no citizens because the globe as such has no art, religion, music, literature, theater, traditions, folk songs, heroes, traumas, or TV stations. No taste, fad styles, treasures treasures or shared experience so you might as well learn how to be a good american for now number two you are now a part owner of the western civilization this should be no surprise you have come after all to one of the country's leading schools for training western leaders uh it goes on now number three you are uh now that you are a college student learn skills everything else can wait learning science math or engineering centers on learning skills much of the arts letters and history is centered on skills too learn as much music as you can master at least one foreign language completely reading and writing english are the most important skills of all number four listen skeptically 
Uh, grade school education is built on the myth that the teacher knows what he's doing. Here, things are different. Never close your mind to the possibility that your teacher, despite his authoritative tone, his many books, papers, patents, theorems, or epic poems, his international reputation, and his worldwide following, might not know what he's talking about. Ooh, that's a bold statement. I love that one. Yeah, that's good. Number five, remember that a professor has no business mentoring his personal politics in class. Oh. Mentioning his personal politics in class ever. Teachers must not abuse their positions of authority for the purpose of propaganda. Oh, I love this guy. But they do, in fact, of don't they? Yeah. This guy is so rare. In the, he, he, he's just so rare. His thinking is so rare. Number six, there are only two oppressed minority groups on campuses today, practicing Jews and Christians. They are not badly oppressed, but you will hear them mentioned with a caustic disrespect that is strictly forbidden with respect to all other groups. The damage is minor, causing disrespect is what college is for. But if contempt for Jews and Christians is okay, any group should be fair game. Hmm. Wow. Number seven, if you want to be educated, you can't skip the hard subjects. You must master at least a year of college-level biology and a year of physics, and you'd be foolish not to take a term of computer science. You must know contemporary history from the start of World War I and Western history from the start of the Renaissance. Wow. Number eight, you must know the Bible and Shakespeare. They used to be the shared heritage of all educated Anglo-Americans, and Western civilization still takes them for granted. If you don't know them, you won't even know what you're missing. For a similar reason, you must learn to read French. Until recently, all educated writers assumed that you could, so you must. For the past few decades, ignoramuses have argued that because children are more likely to hear Spanish on the streets than French, they should forget French and learn Spanish. But we're not teaching street skills here. We are trying to produce cultured men and women. Hmm. Number nine, don't expect to be guided in your social life by the behavior of other of older students. Most of your peers have no clue how to lead their lives, <laughs> in part because the older generation hasn't bothered to give any real guidance. <laughs> of all the ways in which we old people have failed you young ones, this is the worst. Many students are miserable more than you would ever guess. Number 10, relax. You, your fellow students, and your professors already agree about nearly everything. President Trump, taxes, environmental policy, military spending, federal re- uh, regulation, gun rights, voting rights, voting fraud, China, Brexit, immigration, religion, and American culture, Ukraine, Putin, school vouchers, public school spending, corporate average fuel economy, <laughs> Supreme Court appointments, the space program, urban <laughs> transportation, highways, Palestinians, Benjamin Netanyahu, the former Iran deal, affirmative action, school violence, many other topics. But now you're adults. Why not disagree just once? So you can tell your grandchildren about it. <laughs> Isn't that fabulous? Isn't that fabulous? Is what a brilliant. Yeah, what this a change. Awesome. He would be a great podcast guest because there would be longer chunks of time to talk to him. Oh, you could spend 20 minutes on each one of those yeah. points. Yeah. I'll we had him on back in the late 90s. He wrote it. What was the name of the book, Rook? Drawing Life, Surviving the Unabomber. Yeah. And he didn't think like this until he opened the package from the Unabomber. Oh. And that brought him back. That brought him back to the realization of what was taking place in the world of the academy. The academy had grown so distant from from the normal Americans that he reined himself back in. Why did his name was uh, Theodore Kaczynski, right? Yeah. Yeah. Why did he target this guy? Uh, Because this guy is a noted uh, computer genius, and it was part of Kaczynski's. uh, what what was that long paper he wrote? Manifesto. His manifesto yeah. that uh, uh, something to do with either technology, technology is the answer for the world or is the enemy of the world, whatever it was. And and so this guy innocently opened the package and uh, 
Boom. You know, damn near died. Yeah. And uh, since then has been, uh, I, I look for his byline all the time. Was and that in today's Wall today's Street? Wall Street Journal. Okay. He is a professor of computer science at Yale and chief scientist at Ditech LLC. So uh, he uh, he would be cutting edge guy to talk to about the world of technology, wouldn't he? Yes, I I made note of that. Mm-hmm. Learn how to be an American and challenge your teachers. This is just brilliant stuff because this is absolutely the opposite of what most generally is taking place in the failed academy. Right. And I've got failed academy examples coming up uh, that I saved from last week because uh, I didn't want to get into them at the fair. Right. But then this this ray of light showed up on my doorstep this morning. I read this and I thought, you know what? Rather we can than try jump, to book them. Rather than jump into the failed academy, let's let's give a tip of the cap to Galertner. And you know what he did? He proved to me I made the right uh, decision. I had no place or no business going to college. <laughs> <laughs> all, all of those things he tells you to do, mm-hmm. you have to do, learn another language, learn this, a year of biology. Nah, I got no shot. You can't shot. read French, can I you? got no shot at any you of that. You can't read any French? You can barely read English, my friend. <laughs> no, I think you're selling yourself short. How do you measure yourself against other readers? <laughs> by, by, oh, height. by height. <laughs> by height. <laughs> All right. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have to visit the failed academy in a few moments, but uh, thank you, David Galertner. We'll set this aside and try to have him on as a guest, huh, fellas? For sure. University of Garage Logic 98, College of Self Esteem, Zip, Nada, Nothing. Here's Joe Souchere. Wasn't it a great state fair, boys? I, we were just talking about it, and uh, for somebody like me that hates the state fair, I loved it. I had a good time every day, and I want to thank you guys for having me out. There. I grew to love the fair over the years. They just, uh, State Fair just released some of their. Uh, did we hit two million? Yes, we very did. best. Yeah. Wow, there was a lot. You know, this year there. I don't doubt it. I always have fun with them saying, "Come on, you're making up a new record." Well, I think a lot of the success, especially with GL this year, had, was to the fact that Rook had his assistant Roycey uh, helping him guide all yeah. the guests yeah. in. Yeah. We did have we a paid assistant there helping us out. <laughs> I've never seen in my time there. I've never seen a fair that heavily attended. Was it two hundred thousand on Saturday yeah, alone? Right. Mm-hmm. My they said yeah, five Saturday daily. was two thousand seventy. Two hundred seventy thousand, and the record is two million forty six thousand. So that's the new record was established wow. this year. Correct. And what was the Saturday attendance? Uh, 270,426. Good Lord. Where, where That's did an I, all-time single-day record. Where did I hear? Was it on one of our Twitter accounts or something yeah. to do with GL, the reason it's so popular now? Strong beer. Yeah. The Could craft be. beer, yeah, has become huge. 1500 ESPN is KSTP, St. Paul, Minneapolis.